Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. Please consider giving an offering during this message from Pastor Wilson. It is because of the generosity of people like you that we can bring these sermons free of charge to people around the globe. We hope you enjoy this message titled, The Cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. I told you about the blood this morning. You got to understand the blood addresses our sin. The cross addresses your daily life. If there's anything that is sorely missing in the church, if there's anything that is sorely missing is the cross of Christ. You would think that would be a no-brainer. It's one thing to put a post on Facebook and say, oh, the cross. It's one thing to have a song about the cross. And there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with some of the... I even like some of the more modern music. You'll see that when we start up uh, playing music. I, there's a lot of songs I like modern music about the cross. Believe there's anointing behind them. But it's a totally different subject or a different thing when we're living for God by the way of cr- the cross. I think it's misunderstood. Or I really do. I think... Uh, most people don't understand what it means. They just take crosses. When they think of the cross, they think of something hanging off your neck or a wooden beam on the wall, and that's just not what we mean. And I will say this, and I, and I do need to explain this before I start every time teaching about the cross. We're not talking about the wooden beam. We're talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. It means something to God. And you know, to me, when I start thinking about the cross and the message of the cross, To me, it really goes back to his birth, the virgin birth. Supernatural from the beginning all the way to his ascension back up to heaven. That is really the message of the cross. It was the entirety of what he did, but specifically that death upon Calvary, it it means everything. It means everything. It's how God operates with us after we're saved. Uh, Most of the church world thinks they have to do something spectacular after that. They think they have to... Uh, pray a certain amount and go to church a certain amount. Those things are great and wonderful. But do you know if you're following God the right way, I won't have to call you and tell you to come to church. I won't have to call you and tell you to pray. There may be some gentle reminders, sure. And everybody goes through periods. If you maybe go through a down and out period, I, I will call you. I will pastor you as much as you will allow me. And there ain't no doubt about that. I'll come visit you at the hospital if you tell me to come visit you. But that those things are the the ability to do the the want to the going and doing and being a Christian those come after the spirit leads you and it's a joy to go to church it shouldn't be a fight it should, oh, I got to get up and go to church that's not walking in the spirit if it's that miserable i mean there there's something wrong in your walk with god if it, if it's that big of a pull now i will say this Parents and households and things like that. You were young once too. And that just that depends upon the household and you just have to say, Hey, look, this is what's gonna happen in my household. Uh prisoners, now you would think when we go to prisons, you would think prisoners would um just pile in, they're forced. They're not forced. They, have, they don't have to go to church. There has to be some reminders sometime, even in your walk with God. May, there might be some times that I may have to tap you on the shoulder and say, you know what, you know, where have you been? 
you know that you need to be up here. That, there's nothing wrong with those reminders, but truly when you're walking after God, that zeal and that desire, you want to be in the house of God. Praying. Uh, you know, praying shouldn't, you know, interceding in prayer is not, God, thank you for this food. Amen. That's not interceding in prayer. In prayer, you learn. It's, it, here's a quote that I learned from another preacher, and this is true. Sometimes, even when you don't want to pray, even when you don't want to, and you get to that, boy, I just got so much going on today, and I just don't feel like you still have to pray. But those things only come as you've got a zeal for God that is that you're led by the Spirit. Let's read anyway. First Corinthians chapter two and verse one. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you under the testimony of God. And you could think of this verse like this: I determined not to. I'm reading notes from Phineas Dakes. I determined not to cultivate any other knowledge or esteem any other doctrine as worthy of notice save Jesus Christ and the benefits of his cross. If you want the benefits of the cross, if you want the benefits that come from God, they're by the way of the cross. They don't come any other way. You know, if you're seeing somebody in this world that, let's say, maybe they're a part-time Christian or maybe not even a Christian, and it looks like by the world's standards they're being blessed, that's where discernment comes in, and you have to understand sometimes people, you know, they get things by evil and crooked ways. The blessings of God, yes, sometimes they're monetary things, sometimes they're finances, some things are, at times they're tangible, but the blessings of God and the resources of heaven, we got things the world don't have. The world is worried to death right now. They're so terrified they got masks on, running around now, they're putting on face shields, still catching this stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't, again, I don't mind using common sense. I get that. If I'd had a, 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 an immune system that was susceptible, uh, maybe I was going through chemotherapy or maybe I just had an autoimmune disorder, yeah, I, wear your mask. I mean, there's, don't shake hands. You know, use some common sense. But that fear that comes from that, that's not of God. That's the benefits I'm talking about from God to where I don't fear stuff like this. I'm going to use common sense, but hey, I have nothing to fear. I have absolutely nothing to fear. I know somebody right now that it was an elderly lady and somebody went to visit her. And this poor lady had a mask on up in her house by herself, had a mask on, just struck with fear. You know, that's not how we're supposed to live. Paul didn't come wanting uh, to teach people things of the world. He didn't want them living by Jewish traditions. He was a, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. And they, taught, they, they got into fence laws of things like that even the washing of your hands, that you could get demons by touching things. They had, and I believe the number is they had added 700 fence laws or, or requirements on top of the commands of God. And he knew the law. And he didn't come with all these things, the wisdom he knew. He spoke seven languages. He didn't come with those things. And the reason why we'll find out why he didn't come with those things is showing people his knowledge. Uh, folks, if you're going to get over fear and the things we're surrounded with, you're not going to do it by somebody with a degree. And, and Paul is a very smart man, and he's trying to tell people the things he knows and how to have victory in this message of the cross. He didn't obtain it. By, by wisdom that he had within him. 
Okay, let's read verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If <laughs> This is the answer to everything in our Christian walk. I mean, it's right there on black and white in front of you. Paul said, I'm determined not to know anything except the cross. And that's it. And all this other stuff that people try to get us in rules and regulations... You may have some limited success, but if you want true success walking with God every day, if you want to be an overcomer, if you want all the benefits of the kingdom of God, they come by the way across. And that's why Paul said, I'm determined not to know anything among you save Christ and Him crucified. Now, verse 3, he said that when I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, I think Paul, now this is my thoughts, I've heard different things, but I think he was sick. Not, I think he was just like physically sick. I think he was wore down. It could have been from the beatings he had. You know, he was beat several times. Uh, he, he, he took some severe lashings for the gospel of Christ. I think he was just weak. I don't think it means he was humble uh, in that sense that he come with fear. I think he was just uh, wore down for ministry. And that explains a lot. In verse 4, in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, a demonstration of the Spirit and power. When he preached, he preached with authority, and things were happening when he was preaching. I mean, there was demons being cast out, people being healed. When he preached, his ministry had something behind it. And it was because the Spirit of God. If you want the Spirit of God working in your life... It, in anything you do, especially ministry, you have to go by the way of the cross. There's no other answer. I can't, there's people, well, why don't you preach something else? There is nothing else. I mean, we could have a Bible study up on end times. We just got through going through the book of Revelations. But there has to be, the, the, the church has to be trained. You have to know how to have victory over sin. Because in any church, on any corner, this is just truth. There's somebody struggling with addictions. There's somebody looking at pornography on their computer. There's somebody engaged in sexual sins. There's somebody struck with doubt. There's somebody struck with fear. And, that, and, and of course, we're a smaller church, but you get in a bigger church, it would probably shock you what's going on behind closed doors in these bigger churches. There was one bigger church. They wanted to know how their people were living, and they took a survey. No names or nothing. They just took a survey and wanted to know how everybody was living and how they were doing, and they asked some very hard questions. And when they got the survey back, it blew their mind to find out that most of their church was just ripped down the middle with sin. And that's what's going to happen in your life if you don't know how to live for God the correct way. It's tough enough... In this world, especially in this day and age that we live in, goodness, so much technology has connected us. We have every argument in front of us from all sides. What could have been a good thing has divided our nation even more. We have so many sins and drugs and just filth coming at us 24-7. And this hard enough living for that as a Christian, you are absolutely powerless if you do not do it God's way. I think probably in the last five years, I have seen evil rise up like never before. The things we've been preaching for years is coming to pass, and there is evil abounding in our nation. 
And what I want, I can't change everybody, but I can at least try to attempt this. And I hope that there's power behind the words that we speak down here to, to, to show you the way to live. We've got a lot at risk. I mean, you're connected to families. All of y'all have little children. We, you have your life going on. You have needs. So many things going on. I pray that when it's all said and done, that if we accomplish this one thing, that you know how to live by the, by the way that God has prescribed order of victory in, in the Word of God. I hope that we can accomplish that because I want you to make it. I want you to succeed. I don't want to hear bad things about you. I don't want to see your life come apart. I want to see you blessed beyond measure, especially with spiritual things. And I want, I want the demonstration, to see the demonstration of the Spirit in your life. Verse 5. Now, this here, I, I struggled for a while when I first listened to JSM. I kept hearing, your faith needs to be in the cross. Your faith needs to be in the cross. And I was looking for an answer. I said, God, I want to see the verse in the Bible that says my faith should be in the cross. And I, never, I didn't see one at first. I never heard anything from that ministry about a specific verse. And the Lord led me here to this verse, and it says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now back up to verse 18 in chapter 1. For the preaching of the cross, preaching the word there is better translated message. For the message of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is what? It is the power of God. So Paul tells us, I don't want your faith resting in men. Oh, I don't do that, Brother Wilson. I think we're all guilty of this. Sometimes we, we look to a preacher, minister, or some ministry. If you're not careful, you can make something inherently good your idol. Uh, if you're not, I love JSM, but I've known, there's been people over the years that, hey, they've made people there that they didn't want that but they made them into their idol oh can't nobody preach but just this one person here on planet earth look if you think that you're the only one with the answer and the only answer to reach heaven you may not be a cult but you're cultic at the minimum you're not we're not the only ones with the correct answer i'm not telling you there's a whole lot of us but there is spread around that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Always let your faith center in, in the cross of Christ. And if you don't understand it all, don't, don't frustrate the grace of God. Don't, don't think that this doesn't work. If you go out and you, and, you, know, you engage in sin, why well, I thought the cross was supposed to work. Well, it, you know, you grow week by week. You grow day by day, hour by hour. You've got to let God deal with you and work with you. Don't ever move your faith. What do you mean by that? Well, if sin enters your life, don't go pick up the book down at the grocery store of 22 ways to have success with God today. You don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm just throwing something out there because I see them all the time. Um, I, my buddy Joe Lowstein <laughs> one, one time, faith, man, this book was, it looked like a, the commentary of all commentaries. This thing was this thick and cost like 50 bucks. I could save you 50 bucks. Your face should be in the cross of Christ. That's all. <laughs> you, don't need to, you don't need that much uh, garbage in your life trying to take all that in. Uh, books are okay, but I'd be careful with something like that. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio. We do not sell any advertising on this station. So, we need your help to keep bringing the message of the cross to the world. Go right now to www.cross.radio and click on how you can help. There you can donate by secure means with debit card, credit card or PayPal. Remember, even the small amounts add up. We thank you in advance for your support and prayers. God bless. The Civil War Within. We know what a civil war is, right? A civil war happened in our nation, and that's when basically a family, what should have been a family in this nation, was torn down the middle, and they started scrapping with each other. It is one of the deadliest wars we ever fought in our nation. You know, you have something going on inside of you, a civil war. Now, I'm going to show you you do here in just a moment. Turn to James chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. James chapter 4, verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you, came they not hence even of your lust that war within your members? All right, this, think of it like it. Why do you fight and argue with each other? The people around you. Isn't it because you're full of selfish desires that fight to control your body? You have some things going on inside of you. You're made up of three things. You're made up of spirit, you're made up of soul, and you're made up of flesh. The spirit and soul never die. They, they, they will never cease to exist in eternity, either in heaven or hell. They will never cease to exist. But the flesh is corrupted because of the fall of man. Inside of your soul, you can have one of two spirits working within you. You can have, or natures, excuse me, the right word. You can have the sin nature or the divine nature. You were born with the sin nature, okay? From the moment you were born, your parents, but all, and you can go all the way back to Adam and Eve, all of us come from there, about 7,000 years ago approximately. You inherited the sin nature from them. That sin nature rebels against God. And there is only one way to bring it up under control. And the moment you're saved, God implants in you the divine nature. The only way the divine nature continues to have power in your life over that flesh is by faith in Calvary. The Holy Spirit can work through that and nothing else. And James was saying the reason you're fighting and bickering and arguing with everybody around you is because of the selfish desires inside of you, that sin nature, is ruling and reigning in your life. That's why you see the garbage going on in our nation right now. It ain't because of an organization like Black Lives Matter wants more rights. It ain't because of Donald Trump's fault. It boils down to this one fact. Man and women, or men and women are sinful at heart. And when the Word of God exposes the darkness in their heart, they rebel against it. And you begin to fight in war with those around you. I'm not saying we're all perfect. I'm not declaring any, like Christians are, are so much better than that. I'm not saying that. I'm using them as an example. We got Christians that are doing some crazy things too. I mean, we got Christians that are sitting there saying they're going to vote for Joe Biden. 
all this junk and garbage we see going on is because the sin nature is ruling and reigning from the hearts of people and they don't understand its wickedness. They don't, they, it means nothing to them. Absolutely nothing to take a life of a baby. It don't bother them. In this Black Lives Matter, a nine-year-old black child, little child, sweet little looking girl, was shot in the head in Georgia and you had... By Black Lives Matter, and you have not heard a single word about it. A little white boy in our nation was in his yard. And somebody went up a black man and shot him in the head. No one said a word about it. But I'm really going to stir up somebody now. But then we got a man with the rap sheet 50 miles long. And undoubtedly, there was something went on. I don't know. I looked at the video. It looked pretty horrendous to me. But whatever happened, whatever happened in that instance, somebody was breaking the law, and anything can happen when you're breaking the law. Anything can happen, me or you. And now we got a nation turned upside down. Why? Because behind it somewhere, there is an evil heart. I ain't saying we don't need to come to the table and talk. That's not what I'm saying. I think that we're at the point in our nation, we need to sit down and talk. We need, there needs to be some leaders from all races to sit down at the table and talk. We're in serious trouble. But one thing that's going to have to be in that discussion is God. Because if we don't bring people back to Calvary, there's no hope for this nation. I guarantee everything that I talked about tonight, every single thing that I talked about could be addressed by Calvary. There would not be a problem. There would not be an issue because it would stop. It would stop. Let's go to uh, verse 2 in James chapter 4. You lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, yet you fight in war, yet you have not because you ask not. You want something you don't have is what people are doing. Have you not noticed that in our nation? People tell me the Bible's irrelevant, and I'll tell you hogwash. <laughs> the Bible's sitting there telling you what's wrong in our nation. You want something you don't have, and you will do anything to get it. You will even kill. But you still cannot get what you want, and you won't get it by fighting and arguing. You should pray for it. That's a wonderful translation of that. You know, we should all be praying, God, every day of my life, I think one of the greatest witnessing tools we have is to live this Christian life the way God designed it. You want to touch somebody in this world, let them see you living that life. I promise you fighting and arguing with people will do nothing. I'm not telling you we don't need to stand up for our rights, but when it comes, when we're dealing with people in the public, we can stand for our rights, but we're going to have to start doing it the right way. But more importantly, when they look at your life, how are you living? What are you doing? Do they see a Christian that will stand for what's right? Or do they see somebody that's just engaged in the things of the world, that's powerless? Verse 3, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Yet even when you pray, your prayers are not answered because you pray just for selfish reasons. You know, if the sin nature is not working or is working in your life and it's, it's in control, you may think you're doing God a favor by the things you're praying when all the time you're asking to miss. You don't pray for selfish reasons. 
You know, you get more out of prayer. And these things that I'm talking about, once again, can only come about as you have faith in the correct object and the Holy Spirit is working through you. One quick verse more. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. The reason I, I talked about some of the issues we got going on in the country is because we need to address what's called we, we address what's causing the sin nature and we show what's happening. Here's the answer. When I told you there the cross would cure all this, this is how the the cross would cure this. We talked about some extreme things. But even what we would consider small things in your life, a fear of doubt, of uh them times when you get a little hot-headed, say things you didn't mean, or whatever you're struggling with in your life. This is how it's answered. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And carnally minded means you're living after the flesh. That means you, God's not a control in your life. And you'll say and do anything. And you'll think it's right. That's why, again, we see the things in the world, because they're carnally minded. I don't care. Somebody can say they're Christian all they want, but if they're doing the wrong things, especially major issues that we're seeing in our nation, in our community, they can throw the name of Jesus out there and misquote verses all they want. And they, and they may even get some people to back them, but they're still carnally minded. I've seen people posting scripture about statues and idols, not to wreck no idols. Uh, what has that got to do with anything you're talking It's a carnal mind. And again, I'm not defending statues. I'm just saying that some of the reasons these people are objecting, it's just ludicrous. Because the carnal mind is the enemy against God, for it's subject to the law of God, and neither indeed can be. The reason the carnal mind is enemy of God because it does not want the Word of God exposed into their heart, into that darkness. Friends, if you want to be an overcomer, you have to let the light of God expose what's on the inside of you. This is very hard. Because when I come out of drug addiction, when I come out of smoking cigarettes, when I come out of alcoholism, and I could go on and on and on, God shined the light of the gospel on my heart, and it wasn't a funny feeling. It wasn't great. Oh, man, look at this, what God has done. It was, it was exposing what was on the, inside of me, and I realized how rotten I really was. That's not a good feeling. I don't care who you are. That's not a good feeling when God exposes what you are. But the good news is, though, when you, you're exposed for what you are, and you agree with God, and you say, God, you're right, and I'm wrong. This carnal ways that I have, they're wrong before you. Forgive me, Lord. It's just that simple. And then something wonderful happens in your life. Then the Holy Spirit starts to work in your life because you've accepted God's sacrifice. You said the cross is sufficient. I know I'm wrong, Lord, and you've exposed it. Now I'm asking you to cleanse me. And this happens on a daily basis for the Christian. It's the normal Christian life. Too many Christians are leading a subnormal life. They are just getting a dab here and there, a dab will do you, and that's enough, and I don't want any more. If you'll expose your heart to let God expose your heart and what's really in there, I can preach all day long, and I may, I may get some tugs on some heartstrings here and there, 
But when God exposes what's really inside of you, man, there's deliverance there. It's a new, that's why God said a new creation Christ. We think God took a paintbrush and put a little blood on our heart and that was it. If that's what happened to you, you're probably not saved. Because God takes that heart and circumcises it and splits it open and says, this is what you are. Let me make something new. And when you accept that, and you say, yes, God, I want that. Then this happens really on a daily basis. Boy, I tell you, sometimes it ain't fun to get that woodshed experienced by the Holy Spirit, but it is a growing process. Let's keep reading on. I'm just about done. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. When you're doing things your way, you're, you'll never, ever please God. Never. But you're not in the flesh. You're not. You shouldn't be. Oh, if you, I know if you're showing up this church, I know you've latched on at least to, to some of what we're saying, or you wouldn't be here. I know we're preaching the truth, and you know it. The core of our message is how to have victory daily. If there's anything I desire more than anything as a pastor, I know it's repetitive, but I desire to see you walk right every day before the Lord and do it His way. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, and so be the Spirit of God's will in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of God, he is none of his. If the Spirit of God is not dwelling and working you, the, the Bible says here that you're not of his. But moving on, and if Christ be in you, listen, the body is dead. God kills you off. That is a, um, a powerful thought. Not dead in the sense that you go to the graveyard, but all that you were before you come to Christ. God obliterates it. He does. The, I am nothing like I was. The old Pharaoh Wilson died. I had a different agenda back in 2005. A totally different agenda. And it wasn't coming to church, was it, Brother Gary? It, it didn't involve God, what I was doing. Not in the least. But he took that and said, look, you're wrong. And it broke me down. And I, I mean, I real, I was ashamed. And God, I, I, this can't be in my life. You have to take this. And you know that every day of my life somewhere, I believe, is I'm listening to God. I can say most days of my life, God shows me something every day that's not pleasing to Him. It may not be as severe as drug addiction, but, you know, what about that comment you just made? What about the way you treated your wife or kids? Every day of my life, God deals with me somehow by Calvary because He wants to kill me off and put something new in me. And I die daily. Moving on. Because of sin, but of the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, verse 11, I'll end with this. But of the Spirit of Him, hallelujah. Get ready, you can shout here. <laughs> but of the Spirit of Him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. That means he'll make you alive. That means he'll put his spirit in you. And that means, when, Lord have mercy, when you get around people that, that, that are evil, they'll, they'll, start, they'll want to get away from you. They will. They will want to get away from you. Quick. You know, the, the darkness will be exposed in people as the spirit of God is working in you. Folks, this is power to witness. It's power to live. I, there's just so many things I could talk about tonight that it'll benefit you in your life. 
In this day and age that we live in, if there is one thing you need more than anything, you need the Spirit of God to quicken you. If you're going to make it, you need the Spirit of God to quicken you. Quicken you. And that means to make alive and live a life you've never lived before. And you can only do it by God's Spirit. How do I do that, Brother Wilson? It comes back to the same thing. If you will exhibit faith, just childlike faith in what Christ has accomplished for you and accept that and say, God, this is what my faith rests in. You can provide everything I need through that. It works. You will see things start happening in your life you've never imagined. I, I got a life now I, I love. I'm looking forward to eternity. And every day that clicks by, I'm less worried about things. I'm alive now. I'm actually living. I, my eyes have been open. I'm actually alive now at this point in my life. Instead of living a dead old life, chunk full of sin. You don't want that life. No Christian that loves Christ wants that. Quit living a, sub, a subnormal Christian life. Live the normal Christian life. And it's victory and it's power. And it's full of the blessings of God. I promise you. Let's close in prayer. Father, I love you. I pray our time of fellowship is good here after church. And Lord, just be with these people as they go out in this world. So much is going on, but I know your hand will be there to protect them. We ask it all in Jesus' name, and we say amen. This brings us to the end of the message. We hope that it has been a blessing to you and that you would consider helping support Power of the Cross Radio with an offering. Go right now to www.cross.radio and click on the donate button. If you have prayer requests or comments, fill out the contact form on our website or email us at info at God bless and have a great day.